everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly, and I am here today with Mercurial Queen, uh, who just looked up her sun, moon, and rising this moment. And the truth is we have a double Gemini, so sun and rising with a Virgo moon here. And it checks out uh, because Ruby Jones is an author and illustrator of this incredible book, All of This Is For You. I shared this on my Instagram stories um, just a couple of weeks ago when it first came in through her publisher and was reminded of this book that I had as a little girl, which was called The Little Book of Kindness. And it was just this really important book to me about sort of these different uh, allegorical, symbolic depictions of people being nice to each other. So I was very struck when I saw this subtitle of Ruby Jones' book is A Little Book of Kindness because I have, uh, I was very shaped by a kindness book as a kid. So this felt very tank, which means there are no coincidences. And I'm also so thrilled to be connecting with you here, Ruby, to hear more about this journey for you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Um, I hope everyone can understand my accent as well. <laughs> I think everyone will be delighted to hear your accent. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I also <laughs> do just have to say I've heard that Gemini's have like a bad rap, so I would love to clear that today. Is that true? Let's clear it. Let's clear it right <laughs> okay. now. No, it, I, you know, Gemini is uh, the sign of the twins, so I, it seems like there's just a an opportunity that everyone seems to jump on for saying talk doing like a Jekyll and Hyde thing a good twin bad thing but the truth is is that every sign is actually has a lot of duality and duality is just the tip of the iceberg every sign is multi-dimensional including Gemini Gemini just happens to have that duality as a sort of key identifier of its Mm -hmm. glyph Mm -hmm. but Pisces, for instance, we're in Pisces season at the time of this recording is two fish swimming in opposite directions. So Gemini is not the only dual functioning sign of the Zodiac. So mm-hmm. we're going to debunk it right now. Uh, <laughs> okay. And also anything that has ever been said about Gemini's being like shady or rude or not, you know, transparent. Ruby literally wrote a book about being a kind person. So that also go. in and of itself is going to, yeah, <laughs> that's going to clarify it, I think. <laughs> okay, cool. Now that's good. Um, yeah. So my book is called All of This Is For You. It's It actually originally was released in uh, New Zealand in 2019. Um, and then we've kind of edited it for the US market, which is really cool. Um, added just a bunch of new drawings to kind of reflect this weird time that we're all living in. So yeah, it's, it is, like you said, a little book of kindness, just a collection of little really simple illustrations and kind of just reminders of things that we all already know, but um, it's easy to forget. So you began this project prior to this global pandemic. I did, yeah. Um, and then have edited it to reflect the global pandemic as well. So before we bring in COVID into the equation, what was going on in the original iteration of this? So yeah, in uh, March 2019, we had a a horrific terrorist attack in New Zealand um, in Christchurch of two mosques being attacked. And I did a really simple illustration um, 
on that day of two women hugging that just had the words, this is your home and you should have been safe here. Not thinking enormously about it. I just always kind of draw to process things myself. So I just did this drawing, uh, put it on Instagram and it kind of just really blew up in that moment. I think it was just the right thing for people to hold on to kind of because no one knew how to react or what to say. Um, so that was kind of where my whole journey began really. Um, and then a few weeks later I got um, a an email from um, a publisher here in New Zealand kind of saying we feel like, you know, this drawing, the power that we saw in that kind of shows that we think there's a whole book that could be done in terms of kindness and how we can carry that on, not just be good in this horrible moment, but actually reminders of ways we continue that after this. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where it all came out of. So um, a pretty awful situation, but it was good to feel like, yeah, something kind of lovely was able to, to come out of it. So from that, you made this illustration, you posted on Instagram, it received a ton of traction. And you had sort of already answered this as, you know, why do you think it resonated with people? But obviously with Instagram being a visual medium and there being, you know, and it also being a medium that is all about sort of sharing, you know, especially with the creation of, I mean, this is so many years ago, why I'm even talking about the story feature, which is like ancient history now. It's not like a new fucking thing that they did. Yeah. But now they're, you know, with stories and people also being able to share that way. Um, something can, it's, I don't want to say it's easy for something to become viral, but if something is poignant and effective, it can reach a lot of people mm. really fast. What have you seen in terms of the types of, as you alluded to it being really simple, you know, do you feel like social media has an ability to actually transmit like kindness and good things? Um, in addition to all of the toxicity that we know it to transmit as well? Yeah, no, I definitely think it has that. That's the great side of it is when um, something positive does go viral as such. And I think it is, I think it, it is those things that are really simple and universal that everyone can uh, connect with and relate to. So, of course, I was surprised with mine, but in a way I totally got it at the same time because when yeah, people across different um, cultures, languages, countries can all, you know, understand something as simple as the image of two people hugging. We all get that. So, yeah, I totally understand. That. And I think that can be the positive side of social media. I think there's obviously a lot of negativity, but, um, yeah, it was great to see firsthand how how it can be used for, for good as well, which does feel quite rare these days. So then as you when you were approached by this publisher and they said, we think that there's an opportunity for this to exist and not as an ephemeral reaction to something negative that has happened, something violent and horrible that's happened, but as a tool that people could use to a sort of, I would imagine, uh, try to negate these things from happening again. Mm. And as a way of sort of, emphasizing like, no, here's a, a different guidebook to live by so that we can position ourselves out of needing to react to horrible things, but instead promote positive things of togetherness, of connectivity, of kindness, of compassion. Mm. How did the 
content and the story of the book and the scenarios, these little vignettes, how did you come up with the different images and the different situations to include? So, yeah, I, I kind of sat down and went through and we established that we needed to cover, you know, a whole lot of themes that everyone could relate to again. So I kind of sat down and thought about um, big and small moments in life that we all go through. And then I originally had done kind of a bunch of drawings and my, um, it was really funny, my publisher and me and she's like, yeah, we're like loving these, but you know, sometimes life is just really shit and we need to also show that. And so that, of course, that was great for me to hear because I've kind of been doing this like, hey, like this has to be a good positive thing for everyone. And then kind of flipping it to actually just reflect real scenarios, you know, um, felt I think that's what's completely added to it. So someone said to me when it first came out, oh, it's a book of positive quotes. And I was sort of like, oh, no, I, I think it's just real things is, is um what I yeah what I hope people see in it anyway is because a lot of it is um positive stuff but then there's also just reminders of like yeah sometimes life is absolutely awful when we all go through that and it's a little reminder that you're not alone in that yeah I mean that's definitely what struck me with the book is that as sort of the adult versions I don't know if you know this little book of kindness that I had as a kid maybe I think it's it's see I tried to recommend it to someone and I like couldn't find it on the internet so I think my mom bought it at like a boutique pharmacy you know it's like (laughs) probably had like a publishing run of 10 or something suffice it to say it was this anthology of like illustrations or quotes that were really just about you know like a you know, someone like putting their dolls to bed or like an animal, like helping another one over a running river, you know, it was just these images and quotes around like being nice to self and other, but it was for kids and it was certainly void of any illustrations depicting the challenges Mm -hmm. or words reflecting those dark times. So what did strike me about this book, which felt like the adult version of that book that I got when I was a little kid was that it does acknowledge uh, the challenges and it does acknowledge the hardships and the isolation, Mm. the solitude, the disappointments and the hate Mm. that exists. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of I was struck by that, certainly, because if one were to just read a little book of kindness, they might not realize that it's going to also address and have illustrations depicting these really challenging emotional states of being too. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly how to phrase this question, but it's a question about do those things live in kindness also? How does this sort of whole world can be framed as a book of kindness when it also addresses the challenges? I don't know if that's a question or a statement or something but there's some so something I'm wondering about there yeah no totally I am I think I get what you're you're saying I I'm a kind of big believer in um in forgiveness I think that's really heavily tied with kindness and I think as an example after we had our um the mosque shootings here the Muslim community just showed the most incredible compassion and forgiveness in that moment and I just think like I was just in complete awe of that and I think that is something I I've always tried to be as good as possible with 
uh, forgiveness and things. But I think that is that really inspired me. And I think now I look around and even yeah, the most awful things I still think I think either there's you know a lesson to be learned there or things we could teach each other or yeah, I don't know. Even in the in the worst circumstances, I think there is always positivity somewhere in there and there's friends to be made and there's conversations to be had and yeah I think kindness can be found everywhere even if it's like a tiny glimmer I agree I mean kindness is an ethical prerequisite Mm. I think Mm -hmm. and it has to be it has to be at the foundation of everything it's not Mm. and I think it has to be Mm -hmm. I mean Ben but what is kindness Mm. like is kindness forgiveness is kindness do we have a de- working definition that is actually you know, not just in a dictionary, but is something practical? Yeah, that's a great point, actually. I think the way I see it in my head is just kindness to me is going into every situation with just an open heart and an open mind. And I think it can be as simple as something like that. I don't think it has to be an enormous big thing either. I think kindness can just be. Well, it's whatever you you make it, but it can be tiny gestures, you know. Yeah, I think, well, first, you know, we have to be kind Mm. to ourselves, right? That I feel like in a way is almost easier to define, like what does kindness to Mm. self mean, but is harder to implement. But it's actually like the core of if we don't know, if we don't have a template for how to be kind to ourselves, we're not going to be able to sustain that for others. Mm -hmm. And for me, kindness to to self does look a lot like forgiving. Mm -hmm. You know, it does look a lot like recognizing my flaws, Mm -hmm. my past, the things that I've done that I'm not proud of and allowing those to, you know, not dominate my sense of self Mm -hmm. and to find bigger messages and bigger sort of truths and also understanding and compassion and Mm. um, to give love to the things that have happened in my life and the things that I've done or still do, you Mm. know, it's not, I'm not like perfect. (laughs) So also I think acknowledging that like one does not have to be perfect Mm -hmm. in order to deserve love. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah. I think being kind to yourself feels like a whole other journey in a way. And I think, um, yeah, it's it's so important to start there. But as well, at the same time, I think it's often, well, for me anyway, it's easier sometimes to focus on giving that away constantly and then kind of forgetting to um, give it back to myself, which um, a lot of people will probably relate to. But it's, yeah, I think also stopping and checking in with yourself and reminding reminding you that you deserve that just as much as you're giving it to everyone else. Yeah. And I think that the reason if maybe a few years ago, if I had to think really deeply about kindness, I would not start with kindness to self because that has been Mm. that is certainly sort of the easy like once there's a foundation and a platform for all of the things one must forgive themselves for and be kind to themselves for. Mm. It's like extending that to external circumstances and conditions is like there's just like a blueprint you know it like makes sense and it's like you if you can forgive yourself you can forgive anyone or anything and like any it's just it's easier but I also 
it's probably the last thing that I've learned how to do is be kind to myself. Mm -hmm. It was much easier for me to be kind to others throughout my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe as inspired by this little fucking book that I got (laughs) as a kid. But, you know, in the book, it was not, no one was like tucking themselves into bed. Everybody was tucking other babies into bed. And, you know, I have a dysfunctional family and a mom that has very specific needs and I'm her only daughter. So Mm -hmm. extending my love and kindness to her Mm -hmm. was my default. Mm -hmm. It was not knowing how to return that to me, Mm -hmm. which became like my whole life, (laughs) like turns out is that I had to go through this process of realizing that if I just keep giving to other people, I'm not actually being kind. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. doing other things. I'm coming from a place of obligation Mm -hmm. or resentment or I'm begrudging the situation Mm -hmm. and it might look like kindness, but there's other, you know, more prickly sensations that are happening behind the surface, Mm. which I needed to only I could only address really through being kind. Mm -hmm. Would you say that there's sort of like a your own healing journey in this process of creating this book and creating these scenarios of kindness? Yeah, I think definitely. And also with this book, I wouldn't want anyone to think that I am kind of like you know, the queen of kindness or anything, because I still have things to learn every single day. And I still go back to even my own book with things that I'm forgetting to do. Like there's a page about um, coming home and just remembering to be kind to your loved ones. Cause I feel like they're the ones that we always take our stress out on the most. And so that's kind of a page I, I constantly think about myself because I, when I see myself doing that, I'm like, I'll pull it back and, I think as well, a lot of these drawings, I kind of thought of my younger self and what I needed then and what I think um, probably teenagers, young people might need to hear. So I think that's where a lot of the kind of, you know, heavier drawings and messages sit, the kind of things that I wish someone had told me or I could go back and kind of, yeah, talk to my, my younger self about. So I think there was, yeah, that sort of, element of healing a little bit in there kind of for me and then also I think in the last few years I don't know what switched for me but I've always kind of had pretty negative self body image issues um and I just yeah in the last few years kind of started totally shifting my how I look at myself as not oh my god look at look at that reflection in the mirror, but instead waking up, getting out of bed and being like, oh, how lucky am I to be where I am and to have this incredible body with two legs that can walk me anywhere and an amazing mind that I can, you know, like actually appreciating my body for all of the things that um, enables me to do rather than its physical appearance. So I think that was something I really tried to uh, get across in, in the book as well. Yeah, I I understand that. And it's interesting because recently I've been having a lot of, maybe it's just because it's Pisces season, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've been having a lot of sort of memories and even physical memories, muscle memories of having had an eating disorder for 
so long. And having not had one actively for many years, because I have quote unquote recovered, Mm. I think I maybe got a little bit too casual with myself about how it's still so very tender. Mm -hmm. And I had an experience two days ago, which was very eye opening, uh, which was simply it was that I had a big breakfast. Mm. I wasn't planning on having because I had a big and late breakfast. I was like, okay, I'll skip lunch Mm -hmm. because I had a big and late breakfast. I'm busy. And then I'll have dinner. Mm -hmm. And I got really hungry at like six or five even, Mm -hmm. you know, and my partner was uh, busy and he wasn't unable to eat. And we didn't start sort of planning and preparing dinner until like eight or eight thirty. And what happened between me starting to get hungry and then me getting hungrier is I started to think I'm not going to eat. Mm. And it was actually the physical sensation of being hungry that seemed to bring back Mm. restrictive habits that I don't actually have. Mm -hmm. But it was getting to a certain, you know, it's like the conditions had to be just right. I had to be Mm. just so hungry, just so cranky, just so exhausted, just feeling like unseen or unappreciated just enough or whatever it was Mm -hmm. in order for me to go straight back to being 14 years old Mm -hmm. and knowing hunger and specifically denying food and knowing that in my body. And it was a really breakthrough, eye-opening experience because I learned like I can't let myself get that hungry Mm -hmm. because if I get that hungry, I'm not thinking me. I'm thinking this trauma. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this. I'm I'm coming from this disordered place as opposed to like me trying to take care of myself as a 31 year old woman. Mm-hmm. So it's like with, you know, this book and with the having tools that are like, hey, like you might randomly just be doing your normal doing things all, you know, in your normal doing day mm-hmm. and then suddenly need to dial up your kindness you know, levels that you don't have to usually do it because you've had this trauma response that you totally were not expecting to have. Yeah. Um, which is why I feel like these kind of resources are so important to have around, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can recall like, wait, you can be kind to yourself in that moment instead of keep going back into the dark, mm-hmm. not kind ways. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because I, I think that thing of, um, things living in the back of your mind that that you've you know recovered from I like I also used to have an eating disorder and recently had kind of a similar thing of just having I was nothing's happened at all recently I've been wonderful but there was just this little moment like a flinch of you know desire to go into old habits that came out of nowhere like I was like I haven't thought about this in you know 10 years or something like where is this coming from and then it's it's just interesting that things we think we've moved on from or, um, you know, yeah, quote unquote recovered from actually just always live there. And so I think having you know, tiny tools, like even just one page in this book that you can just pull on when um, those things arise again is really important. And I hope that, yeah, like I said, even one page, if that can help one person in one moment, that's um that's all I could hope for with this. So how did come 2020, everything mm-hmm. changed. How did 2020 and the pandemic become infused into this work? Well, I actually, so when we worked out 
yes, we will publish this in the US. That was at the um, very start of 2020, before everything was kind of as chaotic as it got. And then I think just because of the kind of extent of things, the publishers felt like, oh, we kind of need to, you know, maybe recognize this time as well in this book, like it totally fits, you know. And so I actually ironically started doing these new drawings for the book in our lockdown here. So they feel so real. Like there's one, um, I think it's the first new one that says um, it won't be like this forever. And that was just honestly me like telling myself that every day as well because I was just so terrified and like we didn't know where the end was going to be, you know, like so that those new drawings just feel really real because, you know, we were all living it. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that they can kind of probably resonate with a lot of people now, especially those that are still in um, lockdown around, around the world, which is a lot of people, but also doing a lot of them on my own. Like it, it was a pretty weird, lonely time as well. So um, I think that's probably reflected in a few of them. Yeah, it's very interesting whenever I hear I speak with international people who are not in the United States and the way that lockdown, I think, is referred to as like a very specific type of time period, a moment that uh, would happen in a country in a pandemic, Mm -hmm. this pandemic. It would be like your country would be or your city would be in Mm -hmm. lockdown. That never happened in the United States. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't. You know, it never we there was never a, an agreed upon sort of issued time when this was in lockdown. It just was this strange, nebulous, like some things are closed, some things are open. Mm. There are some rules. They're not really clear. They vary from city to place to place. Yeah. And I envy <laughs> uh, a pandemic experience that I can speak to a you know that I could say oh we're in lockdown one of my best friends lives in Germany and she was telling they are under lockdown and she was like explaining like oh we're in lockdown and blah 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 and I was like mm. lockdown is different mm. than other things you know yeah. because I have been I haven't seen anyone in a fucking year yeah. I've had maybe five fr- hangouts with friends you know one-on-one hangouts in a year mm. and because I just don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like there's no guidance. There's no instruction. It's not there's no consent as to what is happening. So I feel like there's a lot of different there's a global pandemic, but mm. there's lots of different pandemic experiences that are being had. And we're still in this right now. So it's still kind of like we're not far enough away to be able to process, of course. But, you know, I think that <laughs> going back to your book, it's like, it's this is not going to last forever but also like the this is going to vary depending on person to person you know exactly uh, yeah. and situation to situation yeah i know i thought that recently is is when whenever this is all over we're all going to have the most bizarre different ways of looking back on it because i feel like for a lot of yes. countries i've kind of sat on the edge and and kind of watched it all happen a lot worse to other places and then some people have just like you've been it's been a non-stop thing for over a year now whereas yeah some people have gone in that and that kind of had brief moments of a pandemic feeling like but have lived relatively normal otherwise and I just I find it so bizarre that we are all in this same world but we're living pretty differently 
right now like I yeah it's easy to forget that as well and I so feel for you I just think it's bizarre to me not the thought of there not being like a label on a time like okay we're in lockdown now or you can't do this like I it's so much harder you know because exactly like you said you don't know what you can do are you in lockdown now or no no we're not everything's normal again or like how does it look where you're in New Zealand, right? In New Zealand, yeah. So everything's normal here. We're at, um we have four levels. We're at level one, which means everything can go ahead. So we have concerts and everything. There's no restrictions on anything except for um we just have to wear masks on public transport. That's our only our only thing at the moment. It's pretty yeah, pretty we're very lucky. Yeah. So that's why I said it's easy to forget sometimes that the rest of the world is, you know, in a largely different different place to us. So when if you were to go to level two is it very clear like what the trigger for going into level two is it is a certain infection rate number yeah and then everyone knows what level two means yeah so level two is pretty much even just like we had about two cases in the community a while ago and we went to level two and that's just um no events over 100 people so and then it goes up from there so level three is like kind of a lockdown even stay at home and then level four is like you can't leave except, you know, supermarket or something. So it's very clear and they have like brilliant advertising here. Like as soon as we go up a level, it's kind of all over the TV and radio. And yeah, it's just, it's been brilliant. And yeah, I think just the really simple, clear messaging has been, is, is what's kind of done it, you know? Wow. <laughs> it's just so different. It's so different than this experience. I feel like I'm in a pod with just you know my fiance and my dog and my mom and you know the few people that I see and I'm just kind of like waiting yeah I could be here for five years you know I could be just waiting for five years because it doesn't seem like there's any you know milestones yeah that's the tricky point eh? no No one's gonna signal anything yeah and can you could could you right now if you want to do are you able to just travel to between cities and states and stuff and have no yeah I could I think so I think I could do anything I want yeah that's so bizarre (laughs) (laughs) I can do anything I mean I could go to any state I could travel I guess within the United States yeah without any question I could go to a bar if I want to right now Uh, it's so everything is falling on the individual to determine Mm. whether or not they feel comfortable right with something man that's so um <laughs> so i don't know what to do i mean it's i just got part one of the vaccine and i'm gonna get part two. Oh wow and i've gotten exciting. some text messages from friends very exciting being like oh does this mean you can hang out with us again and then i i've been a little bit like freaked out by those messages because one have they been hanging out without me <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck am i the only one doing this maybe and then two is i'm like very scared of just you know, I don't want to just go waltzing back into the world without any direction or instruction as to what that looks like. I know that's the. <laughs> I know that this is a totally. I, you're not my therapist, no, no, no. but it's just fascinating to think about how different. I, I, this is the first time that I've kind of gotten granular about how different the country countries are responding to the same mm. problem. You know. No, I I totally get that as well because I read a while ago about. I can't remember the term for it, but a type of anxiety of going back to 
normality or what things were is going to take people so long like that's just going to sit with us for ages and even like still for me now I don't really like if there's any if I'm kind of packed in somewhere where there's a big group of people I'm still like oh I don't I really don't like this you know so I think like I think that's completely understandable even when we've all had all the vaccines it's still going to take us ages to actually feel okay I think you know being out and and about and even just hanging out with friends like I totally get your point I'm sure I'm sure they haven't been hanging out without you as well (laughs) thank you I appreciate that or maybe they have I mean I also take this super seriously I always take things seriously Mm. that's like uh, a trait of mine like I always if there's something that maybe other people see as more casual like I feel it so deeply I take it Mm -hmm. so seriously so I'm kind of literal you know like if there's a pandemic it's like oh there's a pandemic like nobody goes anywhere there's a virus going on like that's not to me something that is oh you know (laughs) that's to me that's a clear instruction yeah I know I feel like we need a lot more people thinking like you as well (laughs) like this is the one time you should be you know thinking seriously yeah um Going back to this beautiful book that I really, really do love and I really would love everyone to have in their library, where can we find you? Where can we find this work? And how could we stay connected to you? And also, do you have anything else that you are working on right now that you'd like to share with us? Oh, oh so my Instagram and Twitter and everything is just Ruby Alice Rose. It's three names in a row. Um, in terms of what I'm working on at the moment, I'm actually just um, finishing a little project in New Zealand with a company, but I'm kind of just waiting to start my second book because I feel like I'm ready and I'm just in the right place for it. I've got some ideas, but yeah, apart from that, I think I also just need a little a little break for me and um, no, that's that's all I've got going on really. Well, amazing. Well, we we will follow you on the social media channels. And thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for holding this very kind oh, space thank you. with it's me lovely. and let and being such a very kind and receptive <laughs> Gemini as I <laughs> outputted all of my different thoughts and oh, feelings nice. on you. Thank you so much. It's been lovely. I really do think your work is very, very magical and very effective and very poignant. And you are a very magical person. So I, I think that that really translates. Oh, thank you so much. You're too kind. Um, yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Have a really beautiful day. Oh, you too.